0: So as you can see, we are in James chapter one, verses 19 to 27. And as you can see, uh, the, what we're going to be talking about today is putting on God's word. We're going to talk about what it means to be putting on God's word. And we're finishing chapter one. So if you guys kind of remember the journey we've taken this month, uh, the first lesson we talked about was when James mentioned how he was a slave of Christ. And we talked about how as Christians, it's important to find our identity in Christ alone, just like James did in James 1 verse 1. And then uh, we learned about what it means to patiently endure trials as Christians, because God does test us and what we need to do to prepare for those trials. Then last week we talked about temptation because we learned that we're more vulnerable to temptation as Christians uh, when we're going through trial in particular. And James wanted us to be ready for those moments where we're uh, tempted on a regular basis, where we have the choice to choose between uh, yielding into uh, to the sin or yielding unto the Lord in righteousness. We have a choice. And in the power of the Holy Spirit, we're able to do that. But now we're going to uh, do on this last part. James talks to us about listening and doing. As you can see, he talks to us about what it means to put on the, the word of God. And as you can see, the main point to show you can go to the next slide and the next slide. All right. The main point that I'm going to communicate with you is this, that spiritual Christians are marked by having an abiding relationship with the word of God. Spiritual Christians are marked by having an abiding relationship with the word of God. I don't know if you guys know what that word abide means, but abiding in God's word means receiving it through uh, hearing and reading the word, but also by thinking about it and letting the Holy Spirit put it into action in our life. I don't know if you remember, but the first time I told you about what James book is all about, it's all about us putting our faith in action. He does. In other words, he does. It's not good enough for us to just say we believe God. He wants to see that that lived out in our actions as Christians. So this is why this is vitally, vitally important that we learn for those who was here at church this morning. This message goes perfectly with what Pastor Carl preached about this morning, Uh, because if you was there, he pretty much talked about Hezekiah. He talked about. You know what happened, how he was a reformer in his day because Israel strayed away from the word of God. And it was a mess, wasn't it? It's all, though, because they did not abide by the word of God. So what we're talking about is important because many people deceive themselves, even Christians. They deceive themselves with thinking that they're spiritual when they're really not. So many Christians can be deceived and thinking that they're spiritual because, well, they do go to church on a regular basis. Or, well, because I do give to the poor or I do a lot of good deeds. But those things alone do not make you spiritual. What makes you spiritual is how much of the word of God is impacting your life to the point to where it's being lived out in your life. It's, it's so easy to do uh, good things. But what's not easy is for us to have an abiding relationship with the word of God to the point where God's word is lived out amongst us, you know, in the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's why this is important. You know, one of the scariest pastor scriptures in the Bible is when Jesus said in Matthew seven, 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Right. But only he who does my will, the will of the father. Jesus said that plainly. And that's scary, you know. So in, in John 8, 31 through 32, Jesus also mentions that if you abide in me, you, you will abide in my word. So our, our Christian walk is marked by our relationship with God through his word. And that's what James is communicating with us. You know, we've got to be Christians who are all about the book, you know, and, and mainly about the word of God. I know you guys may get tired of me and the other youth leaders sometimes like read your Bible every day, you know, read your Bible every day. But this is you're going to learn exactly why reading the Bible every day is crucial And not only reading your Bible, but letting the Holy Spirit help you apply it to your life on a regular basis. So James is telling us what it looks like to have an abiding relationship with the word of God in our life as Christians. So if you look at the first point there, here's the first thing that we need to understand when it comes to having an abiding relationship with the word of God. Number one, we need to receive the word. That's number one. Michelle, you go to the next slide. We need to receive the word. From James 19 through 21. Here's what James says in verse 19. He says, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. For a man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. So notice what James reminds us there in that first uh, passage of scripture. He reminds us that we need to be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. There's a saying out there that says there's a reason why God gave us two ears and one mouth. Does anybody want to take a guess why? Anyone? Why did God? Why do you think God gave us two ears and one mouth? Twice as much listening. Twice as much listening yes. Then we do speaking, yes. you know. And in particular, when it comes to the word of God, and particularly when it comes to receiving the word of God, it means being quick to listen to God's word and slow to speak. Because we all know, right, it's hard to hear God's word when we're speaking in our mind and in our heart. You know, maybe we're reading the word of God during the week, but we're reading, but we got all kind of thoughts and and saying all kind of stuff in our minds and hearts that we don't even know what we're just reading. Or, or maybe it's like it's like when you guys have a conversation with a friend or something, you know, you're, you, you know, the, your friend is doing all the talking and you're probably like, man, I sure wish they would stop talking so I can speak. <laughs> you know, um, it, it's hard to hear somebody else speaking when you're doing all the talking. That's why James is talking about this. Receiving the word, though, not only means being quick to listen, but slow to speak, but it also means being slow to become angry. Now, you may wonder, what does that have to do with receiving the word of God? Well, here's what this has to do. The word of God is offensive. It's offensive. You know, it's offensive because it exposes our sin. And we all know nobody likes to be told that they're wrong. (laughs) You know, nobody likes to be told that they got to change. But when you read the word of God, we're called to change. We're called to repent. We're called to turn around and get in line with the word of God. So it's offensive because it exposes our sin and it exposes who we are on the inside. And uh, and it exposes the things in us that read things that we don't like to want, want to be exposed. And therefore, it makes us mad. But we need to be slow to become angry for, as James says, for anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. He's talking about, of course, righteous conduct, by the way, because remember, we're all saved by what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Therefore, we became righteous because of what Christ did. So he's not talking about that kind of righteousness. He's talking about our the righteous conduct that God desires for us as Christians. And anger does not produce that. Let me ask you guys this question. What kinds of things can happen when we are enraged with anger? What do you what kind of things happen when we're enraged? Mm-hmm. Punch the person that you're mad at. Yes, you end up some yeah, you end up punching somebody that you're mad at. And I guess that thing is probably, uh, well, I guess I guess it's in murder I guess. Yes, anger leads to murder. Yeah. Say things you don't were, wish you wouldn't have said. Yes, say things you wish you didn't say that you regret later and that you can't take back. You know, even though you may apologize, it's, it's still hard for that person to remember what you said, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so all's are good. So we can all based off those examples. We can see why God tells us that, that how anger does not bring about the righteousness that God desires in our life. You know, uh, we, so we got to be careful about that. Anger leads to unrighteous conduct and deeds that will ultimately drive us deeper into sin and far away from God. And we do not want to get there, do we? I hope not. Unchecked anger in our life can give the devil a foothold according to Ephesians 4:26 through 27, which I want to read that really quick. Ephesians 4:26 through 27, which says this. It says, "In your anger do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold." You see? So because of this warning, we're told in verse 21 Then here's what James says. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. You know, that's what he he says. Uh, Get rid of all moral filth so that and humbly accept the word of God. Do you know how we get rid of the moral filth in our life? Do you know how we do that? Well, here's how we do it by literally throwing it away. We need to throw away our filthy attitudes. We need to throw away our filthy ad- actions uh, before we start putting on the word of God. That's why James tells us there to get rid of all the uh, moral filth and evil, but and humbly accept the word that's been implanted in you. So in first Peter two, one through two, it says it like this. I love what this says here. Peter says, put away all malice and all deceit and all hypocrisy and all envy and all slander. I mean, he's very clear, isn't he? Put away that stuff. But then here's what he says to do in place like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up in your salvation. That's how we do it. We, we long for the pure spiritual milk, uh, 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 which is the word of God, because as we read the word, as we memorize the word, as we study the word, as we uh, internalize the word and ask the Holy Spirit to help us apply it to our life, the more and more we're going to get rid of all moral filth in our life because God's going to point out something that needs to change and we're going to be willing to do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, that's how we put away those things in our life. That's not what God desires to be there to make us more and more like Christ. The word has been implanted in us. The moment we believe the gospel and became regenerated and converted, the minute we believe that gospel that's up there, but just like a plant that we may plant, just like a seed that we plant in the ground, what do we got to do to that in order for it to grow? Yep. Yes. We got to water it in order for it to grow. When we receive God's word in our lives, then we're allowing that seed to grow so that we can put away the moral filth that's in our life. We, we get cleaned up. You know, that's why it's so important to receive the word, because we got to be have a humility about the word of God to the point where the word of God is right. I'm wrong. And the word of God's going to. Uh, I need to let the word of God do what it needs to do in my life so that I can be a holy vessel before God. You see. So that's why James tells us in order to have an abiding relationship with the word of God, we have to receive the word. That's where it starts, because the truth of the matter is many people reject the word. They don't want to receive it at all because they don't want to change because they don't want God to change them or, or they they want to hold on to the way that their life is. But as Christians, we should not be marked by that attitude at all. So that, and notice what P, uh, what James says at the end there, he says. Humbly accept the word planted in you, which can do what at the very end of verse 21? Which can what? Mm -hmm. Which can save you. you. What do you think that what's that saving from? What do you think? Mm -hmm. From sin. Yes. And its consequences. Yes. There we go. Sin and its consequences. Now, remember what Pastor Carl preached this morning, you know, what happened when Israel rebelled against the word of God, the consequences. Right. The consequences that led to them being taken captive to evil nation called Assyria. If they just heeded God's word, they could have avoided the consequences. So that's why it's important. Once again, my hope and prayer is that you desperately, uh, you know, want to receive the word of God. Because a genuine Christian who has a Holy Spirit living within them is going to desire the word of God to have make uh, to allow to make a difference in their life. So not only should we receive the word of God, James also tells us if we're going to have an abiding relationship with the word of God, we also need to respond to the word of God. Next slide. Respond to the word of God. So in other words, I like to the way I like to um, say this point is this. Our orthodoxy must become orthopraxy. Now, if you don't know what orthodoxy means, that's orthodoxy is pretty much sound doctrine, you know, biblical teaching. So it's not enough to know and believe the right things. But those the belief of those right things need to lead to it being lived out in our life practically. And that's what James means when he says respond to the word of God. Notice what James says in verse 22 and do 25. He says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says, because anyone who listens to the word but does not do it. What it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in all that he do. Am I the only one here tonight that wants to be blessed by God in everything that I do? You know, I hope not, because from our text, we learn that we will be blessed by God when we intently look into the perfect law of the Lord. When we when we uh, do it in such a way that we live it out by the power of the Holy Spirit, we will be blessed by God because we're responding to the word of God and obedience. And God always blesses obedience. That doesn't mean that we still won't go through hard things. Now, I'm not saying that, but God does bless obedience. James tells us that it's not enough just to read the word and listen to the word. That's important, but that's not enough. We are deceiving ourselves if we think that we're spiritual by just reading and hearing the word. Satan knows God's word, but guess what? Does he apply the word to his life? No, he doesn't. (laughs) He wouldn't be where he's at today if if he had applied. Uh, If he had complied with the word of God, you know, he rebels against us to this day. And guess what? Satan still tries to do to other people, especially Christians, get us to rebel against the word of God. And we've talked about that last week, but that's what Satan does. So as Christians, um, we need to apply the word to our life. And that's what it means to do it, as James says in the text, because then in verses 24 to 25, he says, after looking at himself, He goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently to the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he'll be blessed in what he does. I would almost guarantee that every single one of us here tonight, before we go to work or before we go to school, we are in the mirror. Right. (laughs) You know that most of us, I'm sure, are in the mirror. Why do we look into the mirror every day? What's the purpose of that before we go to school or go to work? Make sure you look good. Yeah, the hair, especially you ladies. Yeah, you know you want to make sure that hair is good, right? You know, hey, us guys too, though. You know, what do you say to show? Yeah, makeup. Yeah, hair for sure, <laughs> Billy. Yeah. <Wow. laughs> yeah, well, Billy, he got the beard too. He got to make sure that's all right. You know, but you know that that that's why we look in the mirror every day. Because we want to make sure before we go out to the public, we're looking decent. Hopefully, everybody, you know, we don't want to look just look at any kind of way, you know, we get before folks. You know, I'm sure that we want to look decent for school and make sure we don't have crust all in our eyes. You know, make sure we don't have dried up drool all running down. You know, we want to make sure we look in the mirror every day because we want to make sure our face is right to be presentable. So if, and if there's a big pimple on our face or something like that, then we want to make sure we remove it or cover it up with makeup or something before going out to school. Right. <laughs> it's all because primarily we know that when we look into the mirror, the mirror is going to show us a true representation of what we would look like. Right. I don't know about you, but the mirror never deceived me. <laughs> you know, every time we see a mirror, we know that, hey, we're going to get an accurate picture. Of what we look like. So I I say this to say this, you guys, because metaphorically speaking, God's word is a mirror in our life that shows us what we really look like. It shows us how much of a sinner we are and how much we are in need of the grace and mercy of God each and every day on a regular basis. It, It shows us how much we really need Jesus. When we read and hear the word of God, it's going to expose some things in our life that should not be there. Attitudes that need to be adjusted. Things we need to stop doing and start doing. Ways that we think that are not right. When mm-hmm. we look in the mirror every day, what is the first thing we do when we notice something that's, that's not right on our face? What's the first thing we do? Huh? In Oh, yeah. In? Well, really, it's in. You know, just, okay, I'm just going to go. <laughs> right, okay, so. <laughs> gonna, uh, you wash it off. So a- yes. yes. Yeah. You try to fix it. Yeah. You know, you you wash it off. You fix it. You, you ladies fix your hair. You do whatever you got to do. Yeah. Right. You don't just not do anything about it. Most of the time. I mean, I know some days, hey, depending on the day, you might just say, "Hey, right, I don't care. You know? But most of the time <laughs> we're, we're, we're taking care of the problem. Well, when we get in the mirror before God's word and the Holy Spirit convicts us about something in our life, we should also remove it as well. Right. But if we look in the mirror of God's word and then do nothing about it, then we are just like the person who looks in the mirror and forgets what they look like. According to James, when we forget what we look like, we don't do anything about it. And that is how it is when we hear the word of God. That, that is how it is when we hear the word of God, but don't do anything about it. And that's why James talks about that. But James ends once again in verse 25, whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in all that they do. So not only should we receive the word, not only should we respond to the word in obedience. Lastly, James tells us that we must demonstrate the word. We must demonstrate the word from verses 26 to 27. James says, if anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Religion that God, our father, accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. It was the great reformer, Martin Luther, who said these words that relates to demonstrating the word. The world does not need a definition of religion as much as it needs a demonstration. I want to read that again. The world does not need a definition of religion as much as it needs a demonstration. That's what the world needs to see. Christians demonstrating the word of God. I've told you guys many times before, you may be the only Jesus that your friends ever see in their life. Never ever went to church or anything. Never heard of the gospel or anything like that. And God has put you in their life for a particular purpose to show them who Christ is through your life. This is what James is addressing in verses 26 to 27. Because when we as Christians have an abiding relationship with the word of God, our religion will be more than just outward things that we do. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it's going to be more than just things that we do to make us look good, like church attendance, like public prayer and like tithing. Now, all those things are good, but too many Christians are deceived and thinking if that's all I do, I'm OK with God. Or I'm demonstrating my religion. But we demonstrate religion outwardly as a result of God's word working on the inside of our life. That's that's why we do what we do. That's how it should be. James is pretty much stating in verse 26 that if we profess to know Christ, but don't apply the word when it comes to our speech, we're only fooling ourselves if we think we're religious. And we demonstrate that we belong to Christ through how we apply the word of God to our speech. So what is the first thing that is going to come to your mind when you hear someone who calls themselves a Christian talk no better than the average person in the world? What's what you're going to honestly think? You're going to think that, man, they're a Christian, you know, they don't. There's no difference. So this is why that's important to heed. And in verse 27, we see that obedience to God's word reveal itself in beneficial social activity and stimulate personal self-control and impersonal purity when it comes to being separate from worldly contamination. That's why it reminds me in Romans twelve two, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. So we learn from this passage that religion has two elements that's acceptable to God. Kind and loving deeds like helping widows and orphans. And living pure before God in such a way that you're unstained by the sins that are prevalent in the world. That's what it means to demonstrate the world. Living a life that is totally different from the way the world lives. That's what's acceptable to God. And this is done when you have an abiding relationship with the word of God that receives the word, responds to the word of obedience, and demonstrates the word in the power of the Holy Spirit. And you share it with others. So in closing, I just want to let you know this message that James told us about having an abiding relationship with the word of God. He pretty much tells us, don't be hearers of the word of God only, but be doers of the word. And you can go to the next slide, Michelle, because in the way that we be doers of the word is by living a life of obedience before God. But the thing is, we simply cannot live a life of obedience on our own, in our own power, in our own strength. But there is one who did obey all the commandments of the Lord perfectly. The Lord Jesus Christ, because in Romans 10 4, I'm going to read that to you uh, as we get ready to close. Romans 10 4 says this. It says Christ is the end of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. That's pretty much telling us that Jesus Christ fulfilled all the law on our behalf. And now it's possible for us to live a life of obedience in Christ who fulfilled all of the word of the Lord. It is through our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that we can start living a life of obedience to the word. We're not hearers of the word only, but doers of the word that brings glory and honor to God with our life as Christians. Our spiritual reality results from the proper relationship to God through his word. And my hope and prayer is that that you think about this question that's at the end of your worksheet, which is this. What changes do you need to make this week in order to get into God's word more daily than maybe you do so currently? Because the extent that you are in the word of God daily and seeking to do it, the extent by which you'll grow and mature and bring glory to God with your life as a Christian, to where you're not just a hearer only, but you become a doer. So I'll close us in prayer and we'll be dismissed. I'll see you guys um, Wednesday, Lord willing. And, um, and hopefully we have enough people signed up for uh, Winter Jam. Um, but uh, thank you guys for listening. hope you got something out of it. I'll pray and we'll be dismissed. Father, I just thank you for the word from the, uh, James that we learned about today. And I pray that from this point on that we would not be hearers of the word only, but that we would be doers. For we know that there's consequences when we don't heed your word. And my hope and prayers that we all desire to glorify you with our life to the point where we do allow the Holy Spirit to apply the word to our life, not for our glory, not for us to look good, but so we can make Christ famous, that we can show forth who Christ is through our life and be salt and light that Jesus desires. In Jesus name I pray. Amen.